0: Hello, marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC marketeer. All right, marketeers, thank you so much for joining me. Today, I have on Eric Huberman. He is the CEO and founder of Hawk Media, which was founded in 2014. Now valued at over $150 million, Hawk Media is the fastest-growing marketing consultancy agency in the United States. As a serial entrepreneur and marketing expert, Eric has been recognized by his industry peers through honors and awards, including... Forbes Magazine's 30 Under 30, CSQ's 40 Under 40, and Inc. Magazine's Top 25 Marketing Influencers, just to name a few. Eric is the author of The Hawk Method and is a contributor for Forbes. Welcome, Eric.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: So before we dig in to this episode around your book and marketing in general, I'm curious, how you got started in marketing. How did you get where you are today?
1: Yeah, I'll try to make a long story short. So college, I made fun of marketing majors and I was a (laughs) management major. I didn't have any ground to stand on, but I just was like, what's marketing? You draw pretty pictures. And then I got out and I went into real estate exactly one week before Lehman Brothers went bankrupt and the whole industry collapsed. Spent a year in that, about six months in, started building my own online business. It was one-on-one business coaching for musicians, kind of like master class for the music business. And that was my first step into realizing it's pretty easy to build a company. It's hard to get customers. Uh, I'm speaking generally, but so figured out how to market that business. It was profitable for a couple of years. Hired a CEO to take it over and then built and sold two consecutive e-commerce brands where marketing was literally the lifeblood. There were, it was a t-shirt subscription site and then a women's activewear brand. T-shirts and women's activewear are not hard businesses getting people to buy it is. And so I really focused on marketing. And so at that point I had, you know, sort of a street MBA in marketing because I had to do it for my own businesses and it worked and I had figured out just through logic and testing how to f- build a marketing strategy. And so I had built a lot of credibility at that point and started advising and consulting for a bunch of brands that I was running into because I was thankfully getting offered jobs at all of them and I didn't want to work for them full time. And so mm-hmm. was consulting, realized how broken the marketing industry was, basically, I think anyone that's run a business has dealt with a bad marketing person or agency, like it's a lot of snake oil and a lot of bullshit. And so just didn't enjoy it. And I decided to build my own little SWAT team. Everything we did was month to month and out of cards so that we had to you know, put our money where our mouth is. And it's what have you done for me lately? And we had to be on top of things. And that's how we started. And Fast forward eight and a half years later, that team has grown to 300 people. We've run marketing for over 4,000 companies. We've now got a venture fund. We've got a financing arm to help our clients with working capital. We just launched our software arm where we have basically automated marketing strategy now to monitor people's marketing from a AI perspective called Hawk AI. And so continue to build around this idea of accessibility to great marketing. But what got me into it was really necessity of like, okay, I have these t-shirts. How do I sell them? I have this service. How do I get it out there?
0: Perfect. Awesome. So you have a great book out called The Huck Method, where you break marketing out into a few core pillars. Mm -hmm. Could you outline what those pillars are and sort of give a high level overview of what they mean? Yeah.
1: So yeah, it just came from, again, doing this myself and then doing it for thousands of brands and analyzing tens of thousands of brands. You realize that there's a lot of similarities and things you can pull from all of them. And so I'd say my favorite review of the book the first day was a one-star Amazon review that said, I don't get it. It's basically just modern marketing 101. And I think that's super perfect for how to describe it because that's the idea. this is a starting point on where to dive in and how to dive in. So uh, the three principles are awareness, nurturing, and trust awareness and think of this as a tripod if you don't do all three of these the whole thing topples over so awareness is how do you introduce your product or service or company to a new potential customer how do you just Mm -hmm. get your name out there to the right people that have the high potential to become customers and that's advertising word of mouth pr all the things you do to get out there what most people think of as marketing what most people and i mean like well over 90 percent of people forget including marketers is there's a period between when someone is introduced to a company when they actually buy And so nurturing is what we do during that period. And this is missed by some of the biggest companies in the world. I see, like there's so much opportunity being lost here because there's a time period a purchase cycle that when you're sort of hand-to-hand combat, like you're selling someone, you get this intuitively. Like obviously the first phone call you make in most sales processes isn't the closing call. So Mm -hmm. like, you know that, but when you're marketing, a lot of times people forget that. So they look at their marketing spend, they assume like the returns that are happening that day, it's instant. And you hear things like, well, it takes time, but that's so intangible people don't even know what that means. It takes time. So nurturing is really tracking what that time period is on average. What is your purchase cycle? And then doing things to accelerate that cycle as well as increase your conversion rate from aware to actually a customer. So it's things like email marketing, SMS marketing, meaning text message marketing, content marketing, creating content that's compelling your customers to engage them more. That's also something they're probably more likely to share than just your company. They'll probably share your content. So you also increase word of mouth. It's all those things it's building a great website, all the things that help people while they're trying to make a purchase decision decide and keep in touch with them. And then the third piece is trust, which is basically to build trust is a combination of two things. It's consistency and reputation as well as third party validation. Because early on, nobody knows who you are. So your br- you don't have a brand and brand and trust, I'd say, go synonymously. And so without a brand and word of mouth out there, you have to have that third-party validation. So that's where awards come in and testimonials and reviews and referrals and all these things that, you know, PR again and influencers and all these things that help drive that. And then over time, as you deliver consistently and build a reputation for it, that's where, you know, trust can literally be your brand.
0: Perfect. So how, I suppose you've already sort of explained how the pillars work together to create successful marketing campaigns, but what would that look like in a B2B scenario from yeah. from start to finish. It's,
1: it's That's the thing is it's exactly the same. The only thing I'd say in terms of how you think about marketing in B2B is a lot of times marketing is more of a support system for sales. But in terms of the principles, again, this is why it's like marketing 101. It's not sure. in depth. It's You still need to cover these things. That awareness piece can be coming from a sales outreach. Maybe it's sellers, yeah. go, you know, it could be, let's say you're a small architecture firm. It might be you going to, you know, events around the design community so that people start, you know, builders start recommending you, real estate agents start recommending you, whatever. Like that's the kind that's awareness too. Like it doesn't, isn't always putting a billboard on a major thoroughfare. It's like, sometimes it's just, it's whatever way you're creating awareness. And then nurturing can be again, email marketing or SMS. It also can be you just checking in with your contacts right? and, you know, following up and trust trust kind of works the same either way. I mean, you're the only thing I'd say in B2B is like, you might have a higher chance of introductions So, like, that's why I mentioned real estate agents for architects. Like, if my realtor says, Oh, you need to do some work, this is the architect you need to work with. Well, that's a nice piece of trust that'll help me trust that architect. And, but again, it's, it's all still the same three buckets and categories. It's all about like, is your business growing fast enough? If it's not, well, which piece do you think you're screwing up on? Like, are you getting plenty of, you know, top of the funnel, like inbounds and you're getting your name out there, but no one's converting? Well, let's look at how you're nurturing. Let's look at your building trust. If you're converting everyone and it's like, no, everyone that meets us wants to work with us, well, that's an obvious answer too. You just gotta get your name out there more. So it's that's the part of this that's really helpful. It's like a quick triage of where do I need to spend my energy?
0: Perfect. So when we're looking at marketing in the AEC industry, typically it's like the, the running joke that this whole industry is pretty far behind compared mm-hmm. to like B2C or even other B2B industries. So I think the one that we're most on track with would be the trust element. And I think that's the one that resonates the most. Mm -hmm. You know, clients are choosing to spend millions, potentially billions of dollars. So my question for you would be, what are some good ways to build trust through marketing in our space?
1: Yeah, I mean, the good thing, like on the... I mean, on all three of those, showing work product becomes a really easy one. Yeah. Like that, that's, and everyone does that, but that's actually, there's a reason, like it's not completely broken. There's a lot of things people do right. And so getting your work product out there, depending on the industry, like if you're doing, uh, I think Instagram and getting your images out there of the stuff you're designing and the stuff you've built is a very powerful tool. That's again, we're talking about trust. That's where I was saying, like, until you have your own credibility it comes from third party, but the point you have credibility. So I just hired an architect and I come from a family of developers. So I'm very Perfect. in touch with the real estate industry <laughs> and was in real estate and all that. And the way I, I looked at a few architects in town that I really liked their work and my wife really liked their work. And then I called around to see who had worked with any of them. And so- Trust is that word of mouth part of it too, like references and referrals and good experiences go a long way. And that's most B2B businesses, and especially in that space. And I will say, I won't name them. I'll, I'll name who I went with. But so in LA, we were building a new house. I was looking at some of the top architects in LA to build it. And I looked at you know the high-end architects. And some of them were super pretentious and their reputation was it's their house, not yours. And they that was what I got the feedback. And then mm-hmm. I met, I knew someone that had used one of them and said, he's amazing. And then I met him and the attitude matched the reference, so to speak. He seemed just really great and awesome. And that's we went with. He was the most expensive architect of all of them, but he's been awesome to work with. And I don't regret spending that little bit more because I know first off his name on the house will add value. And again, the reference I had was someone that I knew thought similarly to me business owner thought, you know, the way they manage stuff, they weren't just looking to throw away money. And that's important when you're hiring someone that's used to building, frankly, I'm probably one of his smallest projects right now. So these are things that you know, savvier people are going to look for, which frankly probably make better clients too, because they know what they're asking for. And so again, it's a lot, it's being intentional with that. So how do you do, how you are intentional with that? Well, obviously take care of your customers. That's always going to help, but then find other ways to get your name out there. You know, whether obviously the signage on the building that you're building, the awards do help, you know, having a lot, an easy access to your portfolio of designs is huge because we probably passed over quite a few architects that were mentioned to us because we well, actually, I can tell you, we did. We went through an, I mean, we listed, 20 in LA to start, or maybe more that were recommended. Mm-hmm. And I think like eight of them didn't even have websites. And I'm like, well, I can't even see what wow. they've done. So we're out. Yeah. And so on in hindsight, maybe that was a good phone call to make on the other end. But <laughs> 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 but yeah, that I mean the the basics are super important. And in architecture, and obviously with engineering and construction, my view is similar in the sense of like. You know, as long as I'm not hearing your houses fell apart, like I want to call so- to vet builders. I think we have our own builders, so I didn't need to. But if I'm vetting a construction company or an engineer, I want to go talk to someone that built a house with them five or 10 years ago, see how it's holding up. Yeah. Like any, any things that have come up. That's because I know the industry though. Most people are just like, who'd you use? Were they good? Great. And that's mm-hmm. a lot of how this happens. And so taking care of your customers is probably the best one, but then also making it easy for them to refer you. And again, sometimes it's just telling them like, hey, by the way, like we're happy to, like if you have friends that need help, et cetera, like figure out what we did at Hawk Media. And I think this is helpful with any B2B businesses, figure out a way that people want to introduce you that it's not just a sales pitch. So what we do is we do a free marketing audit for anyone. To Come on in, we'll audit your marketing, we'll give you guidance. And if we can work with you, great. Either way though, we're going to be cool about it. We're not going to hard sell anyone. And we're just going to go, here are the things you need to be doing. We'll do that for any business. And so what we did, we tell everyone that. And so the feedback from that we get is like tons of people say, "Hey, they need help. Can you give them some advice? Can you talk to them?" Blah blah blah. And so we get those by the hundreds a month. And so mm-hmm. that funnel becomes really powerful because it's all introductions. So the trust is there. It's awareness; they didn't know about us before, and now it's our job to nurture it. And we'll see. Like and again, but it's also keep the reputation. Don't go hard pitch so they go back to their friend and say, "Why the hell did you introduce me to these guys?" but making it easy for your customers to refer you and just your network even more so is really powerful.
0: I love that. I also like how you brought in in a lot of cases we're asked to provide recent references. And yeah. I like the point that you made about maybe maybe we provide the the minimum requirement, you know, in the last 5 years but yeah. make a point to provide something cuz you know, if you're looking at a water storage tank, you really want that to last yep. Yep. or a highway project, <laughs> like you really want to see that those have stood the test of time. So even just explaining that and adding in a well, reference from, a, you know, longer
1: period. Well, and sales tactic too, like your competitors aren't. So if you're the one that goes, wait, you want a two-year reference? Like, how would I give you a decade-long reference to see how long our work holds up? Right. They're going to be like, oh, like you just remember... I have to tell our sales team this all the time. The people you're talking to are way less experienced in this than you are by nature. Like they're not working, you're working with more clients than they've worked with you. Like there's almost no one that's gonna work with more architects than an architect works with clients. That's really rare. So you get to guide the process. And if you educate them on like, hey, like totally happy to give you a reference in the past year, but you should also talk to someone from like a decade ago, by the way, because you can see how the work holds up. And that's what that's for, again, more the construction and engineering side. Architecture too. Sure. But, you know, when I look at that, it's like, I'm worried about what, well, like, I assume the building is going to look like the architect designed it. Let's just take that for table stakes. But are you going to cut corners or do something that, like, five years from now, my basement's going to be completely flooded? Like, things right. like that. And that's on a housing. But again, on a bridge, like, yeah, the bridge is going to look like the engineer designed and everything. But, like, five years from now, is it going to collapse? Like, sure. that's where you can kind of implant that by saying, hey, let's give you references like to show you our longevity. Again, if you're a newer business, it's harder to do this, but that's stuff that you can develop over time that gives you a leg up.
0: Excellent. So in your experience, what have you seen as some of the more successful marketing campaigns and what do you think makes them so successful?
1: It depends what you're looking at. I mean, you know, it's, the most successful these days are the ones that get a lot of word of mouth about the campaign, that create a lot of buzz around the campaign. I mean, Nike's Colin Kaepernick campaign, as controversial it was, it was crushed it for them on a revenue standpoint because it got you built a passionate audience, and that's consumer. So it's a little hard to pull from that. But on the consumer side, if you can get a passionate audience that wants to share everything you're doing, and it becomes almost tribal and religious about your brand, okay. that, you know, they, the the term I hear a lot is a cult brand. Like Mm -hmm. if you can jump that gap to be a cult brand, that's great. On the AEC side of things, architects have that ability. There are many, many architects over the years that have built a name for themselves because of something specific about them that they end up with a cult following for that architect. You know, whether, Mm -hmm. you know, like Frank Geary and Frank Lloyd Wright, like some big names, obviously, but, you know, there's a lot of people that the more you're into that world, was just a part of a conversation because i have a few other friends building houses and two of them were nerding out on can eastern and western canadian architects that are famous and like who they're using and stuff and so like there's a whole world for that that if you can jump into that world now you you know that becomes like the marketing you can do around that and it's not really forcible just as much as like there's a lot of like in i I guess marketing is also iterative so like you got to try a bunch of stuff to have something like that land but Mm -hmm then double down on it with my hands. like there's been a billion failed nike marketing campaigns before kaepernick and there's been just like you know i worked with dollar shave Club early and so their video viral video they never expected it to do that but that thing kicked off and created a cult following for the brand because they loved mike dubin the star of it and the ceo and it created this surrounding and this sort of net um it's that getting that emotional appeal so that people want like people basically justify emotions with logic So they want to validate their emotions. So if they like you, if they feel good about you, if they're excited about you, they're going to find logical reasons why that makes sense the best that they can, unless you really make it hard. So finding that way as, you know, you have to think about why emotionally are they going to hire me? Why do, what's the emotional decision that goes into hiring a construction team or an architect or an engineer? And again, I would say it's a big municipal project. I want to make sure that this is handled right that i don't lose my job and like i want to know that yeah. this is secure and going to get done right and in budget and i'm in the right hands and trustworthy capable hands like that's the emotional side that is how people are going to make the decision and so you have to help them with that and so a successful marketing campaign does that at scale like what is that that many people and again the, the thing about this the aec industry is it's not about mass audience. Like right. there's almost no firm that can handle the mass audience. So it's really about that ground game. But I will say a little bit of like almost a trick that can be used for the wrong way, but we see it in sort of day-to-day every day. If you talk about those things a lot, people will start to believe you. So if you say the most trusted team in construction over and over and over again, people are just gonna start associating you with trust. It's it's you know kind of the wrong way to use marketing if you're not backing it up, but it sure. does work.
0: Got it. So lastly, I want to touch on your book because I've really enjoyed reading it for a few different reasons. But I will let you sort of give it a bit of more of an intro to it. Who is it for? Sure. And what can readers hope to gain by reading
1: it? Yeah, so it's for, basically I'd say it's, there's a few audiences. The main audiences would be a CEO of a company or a head of marketing for a company. And okay. it's for both because the, the reason is, One of the biggest conflicts I see, and for us, it's for our clients and for our own team. The idea is to bridge the gap so you're all speaking the same language. Because if you're not a marketing driven CEO and you hire a marketing team, I see it all the time. You're like, this is some black hole of fucking money that I don't know what's happening and I don't Mm -hmm. understand it. And I can't even, I don't even know how to manage my marketing team. And it's frustrating and it's scary and it's not fun. So I tried to create a few hour read that it's like, I've seen people read this in a couple hours. And there is an audible for it too. So if you don't like to read it, but uh, <laughs> but the idea was, let's just give an overview to this. So like, if you understand this book, which is supposed to be pretty simple, then yeah. you can look at your team and go, are we doing these things? Are we covering these three pillars? How are we doing it? What How is that going? Where are we maybe falling short? And you can just quickly assess as an owner, What's happening? And then from the other side for the marketing person, same thing. Like, how am I covering what I need to? Am I checking them? It's almost a checklist. And then I can communicate easier to my CEO or the founder or whatever, whoever that is, because that's another issue I see. I see communication is one of the biggest gaps in marketing. And then obviously from that, it's also been used in a bunch of universities now and for marketing students. And like we, it's spread through like anyone else that has an interest in marketing, but the core audience I'd say is number one business owners, number two heads of marketing.
0: Perfect. I have to tell you, one of my favorite things about this book is at the end of every chapter, you have a bulleted key takeaways and your sources, which I so appreciate, like even just the way it's laid out. I (laughs) I really love this book because it's so easy to flip through and just find what you want to refer to. So.
1: Yeah, admitting something, I don't think I've actually said this publicly, but like, I don't read a lot of books, nor do I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I host both I've written a book and host a podcast. (laughs) And the reason for that is like, I'm busy, I have a lot going on. So when I both the podcast and the book, the idea was like, what would I want to listen to? Or what would I want to read? And like, it's got to keep my attention and be quick. Like I like get to the point. Don't build the fluff. Like I hate I do read and I hate when I pick up a book, I read the first chapter and then I continue and I could have read the first chapter and I got the idea. And then I just read another 15 chapters. It was just re- reiterating the first chapter. Like, I don't need right. like, get yeah. to the yeah. point, tell me what I'm trying to accomplish here. And so do a lot of spark notes, so to speak, and, you know, just this, give me the synopsis. Yeah. And with this, I just basically try to write like, you know, two pages on TikTok, like just quick, like, this is how it's all yeah. worked. And then, you know, as time changes the next few years, we'll probably come out with another edition where we'll update what's changed and that kind of thing.
0: Perfect. Do you want to touch on your podcast a little bit?
1: But just, yeah, I mean, the podcast is a little different. It's just I had met so many great people throughout my career, like top athletes and celebrities and musicians and entrepreneurs, et cetera, that I wanted to actually leverage the fact that I had all this access. And so it was really I was always fascinated by their origin stories. How did someone become? the top of their game in whatever that game is. And so started the podcast a couple of years ago, basically just saying like, I, one of my friends was the, a Navy SEAL and an entrepreneur. He was ran sniper training for the SEALs, but it was born and raised, grew up with hippie parents. And I had another friend that first guy to walk by himself across Antarctica coast to like all the way through. It's like Mm -hmm. 54 days by himself, you know, Doug Allen, who created Entourage. These were some of the first people I had. And it was like, I just want to know, like, how do you, you, as a kid, you don't wake up and go, I'm going to be a Navy SEAL or I'm going to walk across Antarctica. And I just started being fascinated with sort of the origin stories of people that have achieved great things. And so, yeah, now I think we're 80 or 90 episodes in and bought really cool people. So it's been a fun hobby that's also like, I just wanted to, basically it's like, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk as an example who is a celebrity in our space and marketing. He's a friend, I've hung out with him before, but like to sit down at coffee with him for an hour and hear his life story wasn't going to happen. But I throw the word podcast in there and here we are. So sure. yeah, it's called Hawk Talk and it, like yeah that. it's been super fun Perfect. and we're we put a few month hiatus on it and now it's going to relaunch. i think in the next month we've got about 10 in the can some really cool people
0: very good yeah well if our listeners want to learn more about you and your work where should i direct them
1: yeah so the work side just hawkmedia.com as i mentioned happy to, we've worked with build firms and architects and things like that so happy to do a marketing audit and have our team just run a report and say, hey, here's the things you need to be looking at. So we can do that. And then if you want to reach out to me personally, pretty accessible at or slash Eric Huberman on any social channel.
0: Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me.
0: All right, Marketeers. That's a wrap on this week's episode of the AEC Marketeer podcast. Thank you again to Eric for joining me to talk about the Hawk method, which is spelled h-a-w-k-e method his book the three pillars of marketing i hope you enjoyed a different perspective from outside the aec industry and how it can apply to us within the aec industry and as always if you're enjoying this podcast i would invite you to subscribe and leave a review new episodes are released every other wednesday we'll chat soon
1: And as you well know by now, new
0: episodes are released every other Wednesday. We'll chat soon.
1: Chat soon.